Our goal, biblically speaking, is to inspire and encourage and enable spirit-empowered, faith-filled, Christ-exalting singing Mm -hmm. in the congregation. We want them to sing. Welcome to Soundless Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music, where we explore what the Bible has to say about music and worship in the church and encourage those who plan, lead, and participate in their Sunday gatherings each week. Hello, and welcome to the Soundless Doctrine podcast. My name is David Zimmer. My name is Bob Coughlin. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. Yes, we are so happy you're here, and we're happy to be here. Yes. We are going to uh, spend this episode talking about vocal arranging for Sunday mornings. Great. Uh, You know, people have, well, people assume that when you're told that Christians should sing, that God's people should sing, that's that's all you need to know. Yeah. Actually, there's a lot more that's involved. (laughs) And uh, we've been getting questions about Mm -hmm. this, Um, so uh, David's going to read one. If you have a question... Really appreciate it when people send in questions. Yes, we you do. You can send it to Sound Plus Doctrine, plus is spelled out P L U S, Sound Plus Doctrine at sovereigngrace.com. Yep. Uh, so send us your questions. But here's one we got recently. Yeah. Uh, they said, There's a lot I could say about our unique situation, but the team I'm currently leading is convinced that we need to sing vocal parts on Sunday morning. Mm. I think singing vocal parts is too complicated for where our team's skill currently is. And we leave the names out on these questions, so yes. you don't have to think, oh, my oh, no. leader sent this song. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So they're my question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've asked them about having everyone just sing melody. They didn't like that, but they didn't have a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm outside of my element when it comes to understanding arranging vocals. Can you all help me uh, and point me to a resource that will give me some guidance? Thank you. Well, rather than point you to a resource that will give you guidance, We're take a shot at we it. Are <laughs> to, we are going to seek to be that resource. Yeah. Um, I think it's as I was as thinking about talking about this topic, I did a little research because um, on, on music history. Because mm. I mean, I went to college in the seventies and. Uh, not all of it has stayed with me. <laughs> uh, but it, it confirmed what I was thinking, and that is that like singing in the church has has gone through these seasons of you know singing unison mm-hmm. and then a push for creativity. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, usually the Pope back in you know the first thousand years saying, okay, we're getting too creative. No, yeah. let's let's pull it back. <laughs> and you know you you had unison. Like Gregorian chant for a while, and then it that it moved into uh, you know more polyphonic, where mm-hmm. you have other voices, and and there's always been this tension in the church for really hundreds and hundreds of years between you know what's complicated and, and what's too complicated and, and wh- what should be sung. Right. So the Reformation comes along, at least in Western church music, um, and there's this real emphasis on congregational participation. Mm-hmm. And simplicity. Mm-hmm. So a real push towards melody, just singing the melody. And then you have a movement probably in the like the 19th century, the 1800s, where hymnals were starting to be developed, where you have parts. Yeah. Uh, you know, SATB. Um, my good friend Matt Merker, who's going to be speaking at the Worship God Conference, 
Yeah. Um, we have a little conversation about, you know, should your church try to sing in parts? Great. And, you know, Matt thinks they should. And I think, ah, I'm not sure they should. <laughs> um, I mean, it's fine if they do. It's great right. if they do. And some churches have that tradition. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's stirring. It can be, uh, you know, it's a different sound, but it's not necessarily biblical. So... Mm. In other words, not a command. Yeah, right. So I wanted to just make one point from Scripture before we, uh, you know, get into the specific question. Um, you know, should they just sing melody? Should they sing parts? What's the place of parts? And I'm thinking here, you know, because you can organize, you can structure this in so many different ways. Right. Uh, if you have a choir, obviously, you're you're probably going to sing in parts. Right. Um, a lot of churches, and I think ones that would listen to this podcast, would be composed of you know a few vocalists, yeah. backed up by a band, mm-hmm. you know, with drums, bass, or maybe percussion, just something simple, but a few vocalists. Mm-hmm. So that's really who we're speaking to. Um, how should those vocalists think of their parts? Right. So first, I, d- I did a quick st- uh, word search for harmony in the Bible. Mm. And it appears in the English Standard Version three times. None of them have to do with music. Right. They all have to do with relationships. Yeah, right. You know, live in harmony with, with one another. Yes. Um, I just could do that very quickly here. Um, yeah, that's Romans twelve sixteen, Romans 15, 5. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. Colossians 3.14, and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So there's there's no references <laughs> to harmony per se yes. in the Bible. But when you do a search for melody, oh, that's all over the place. Mm. Uh, Psalm 27.6, my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and... Make melody to the Lord. Psalm 33, 2, give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of 10 strings. So you might have uh, harmony on your harp or piano or guitar or whatever, but you're singing the melody. Uh, Psalm 57, this is also Psalm 108. Uh, My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. I love that. And then we have in Psalm 98, verse 5, sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. So, so you get the point. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the emphasis, at least in Scripture, then you have Ephesians 5, one more, singing, making melody to the Lord in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the emphasis is that we're, we're singing a, a song. Now, why is that? Why, why a melody? Why not harmony? Well, I can think of a few reasons why at least our focus should be melody. So getting back to this specific question, yeah. you know, he's asking, or, yeah, he's asking the question, uh, should everybody sing melody because vocal parts are too complicated? Well, I want us to talk about whether, <laughs> whether your team is, whether it's not too complicated or not. Yeah. So, so what I found is that in a lot of churches where you have multiple vocalists, um, there's an assumption, often it's, it's the ladies, but it could be guys as well, that if you're singing, you're going to sing harmony. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think that's the wisest thing. Hmm. Because what will happen is, you, I've, I've been on the receiving end of those, uh, those teams, those bands, and you just have a hard time identifying where the melody is. Right. So, you know, there's, 
That's one thing. And then two, there's no dynamics to what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's everything sounds the same. Yeah. So so you're not really helping the lyrics by singing harmony all the time. So, right. so his question, he's not asking that question specifically, but I think it's helpful to pull back mm-hmm. and, and look at, okay, how should we think about arranging vocals? Yeah, and, and like we said earlier, if you were in a... Con- if you were in a context that there was a choir singing yes. tenor, alto, yeah. soprano, yeah, yeah. bass, you you would know that melody very well yes. because all of those would co- be coming at you at the exact same time. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but in a smaller context with just a couple singers, your alto may be louder, is probably Absolutely. louder than yeah. your than your lead, or your tenor is louder than your main. So. I, now, I why do you say you. they're probably louder? <laughs> I'm just curious about that. Well, I, I think... Because um, altos and tenors like have an insecurity complex. I don't know. They, <laughs> they want to sing really loud so they'll be heard. I don't know. I think... Um, I think... I don't know. It could be so many different things. How they're how they're mixed. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, no, you I know. think it's it's true. It's inferiority complex, not insecurity <laughs> complex. Um, no, I think that's right. They they want to nail it. They and for altos, it can be uh, sometimes it's you know in the stronger part of their range. Mm-hmm. Tenor, same thing. I'm going to, you know, and then like if you don't have someone good mixing <laughs> in front, it just can yeah overwhelm the melody, and totally. then it's just not. It's yeah, and then you feel and then you feel lost as a congregation. Yes, yes. Of, I haven't heard this song. Yes. And, or, yeah. So as many things, it gets back to why are we doing what we're doing? Mm-hmm. So if if the band, if the musicians are, are in front of the congregation to put on a show or to put on a production, well then yeah, sing sing all the harmony you want. Uh, as often as you want, because it's all about you know the complexity and your skill and your talent level. And mm-hmm. but that's not what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Our goal, and we've said this number of times on the podcast, our goal, biblically speaking, is to inspire and encourage and enable spirit pow- spirit empowered, faith filled, Christ exalting singing mm-hmm. in the congregation. We want them to sing. Mm-hmm. Now, if they don't know the melody, they're going to have a hard time singing. Super hard. So if we're singing harmonies all the time, that's going to make it hard for them to know the melody. Uh, because, because why? Think about who's in your congregation. Mm-hmm. You have guests. You, you have new people yeah. who've never be, you know, been to your church before. Maybe, maybe they don't know your songs. Maybe they do. But they, they might not. I, I can assure you, you have Probably, I can assure you, you have people in your congregation every Sunday who don't know at least one of the songs you're singing. For sure. So you have them. Then you have a lot of non-musical people mm-hmm. in your congregation who are trying to figure out, like, how does this go? And yeah. you know, what's the melody here? And so that's nothing. And then you have a lot of people who don't listen to the playlists you do. Yeah. Or don't don't have the albums that you do. Yes. You know, I think some churches are built around this mindset that. Well, gosh, we just all listen to the same stuff. Yeah. So everybody knows it, and you, you know, in an age where more and more churches don't use hymnals, they don't have. Um, and we should do a podcast about that sometime. We should about hymnals versus not using yes, hymnals. The benefits of both. Yeah, yeah. A lot of churches don't use them, so we learn by ear a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the so that makes it even, I think, more necessary on a yeah. Sunday morning. To make it clear for the congregation what what the melody is for sure to what you're singing. I think all those things combined create 
uh, or can create a trepidation in your congregation. That's fear for those yeah. who don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long word. Yeah, I think it can, and and then it and then it turns inward, where you're sort of looking around, and I don't know, so I'm not going to yes. participate. And that's the opposite of what we're trying to do in these gatherings. Yes, yes. You know, people sometimes compare Sunday mornings to like going to a concert of their favorite band. You know, and they say well, everybody's singing at the top of their voices there, and you, of course they are. Everybody knows the song. Yeah. They're fans of the band. So <laughs> they're point. not going to go to a concert where they don't know the songs. Exactly. I mean, I have been to some where I don't know the songs. But uh, and then I feel bad because everybody around me is singing the songs, yeah. and I don't know them. But that's how people in our churches feel sometimes. Wow. They don't know the melody. They don't know right. the songs. We want to help them. Yes. So how do we help them? Yeah. That's, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> did you ask that question? <laughs> he asked that question. Uh, he did ask How that question. How do you help me? How do you help us? Uh, guidance. Okay, so if, if your team is singing bad harmonies, all right? So, I mean, I love, I love a vocalist who's very confident in their harmonic abilities, <laughs> harmonizing abilities. They, you know, they've said, I've sung this, I've sung harmonies all my life. And, you, you know, you hear them and you go... <laughs> No one's ever told you this. You're not very good at this. <laughs> Even though you feel good about it, and I'm yeah. happy that you feel good about it, but my job is not just to conform to your idea of, of what's good, of yes. how you sound. Right. My idea, uh, my goal is to serve, my job is to serve the congregation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to take some leadership. You know, it, it will take winsome, theologically informed humble leadership to, to say to your vocalists, hey, let's think about this more carefully. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have to do this often when I come into a situation, like either for a conference or when I lead at a church occasionally, um, Sovereign Grace Church or somewhere where I'm working with a, a band I've just never worked with. I may have to say this like directly, hey, don't do this, don't do this. Mm-hmm. But if, if it's over the long haul, um, you can help your vocalists understand, look, our goal is to serve the congregation. Mm-hmm. We want to help them sing. And so we want to give them a good chance to grasp the melody. So what I t- have told our vocalists is, if it's a, a, a song that goes verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, don't even think about singing harmony until the second chorus. Yeah. So you give them the verse, the chorus, and the verse, all with melody. So it may be... I, I didn't finish my thought. Maybe if if the you know person who wants to do harmony, people who want to do harmony, they aren't doing a good job. You may have to just say that. Yeah. But you could start by saying, "Hey, let's not jump into harmony so soon. Mm-hmm. Let's give our church the melody on yeah. on every song. Let's start with melody, keep it going until we're confident. Okay, they've heard it, and and now we can add some harmonies. Yeah. It's not. It's not imperative that mm-hmm. you know we sing harmony as we've, we've talked about, and then once you get to the chorus, it's not even imperative that you sing harmony the whole time. Yeah. So I, I think one of the things that um, vocalists don't realize is that unison can be stronger and more impacting yes. when it comes out of harmony than um, just doing all harmony all the way to the end. Right. That's a subjective thing, but I think. Well, I know at Sovereign Grace Church of Louisville, our vocalists have become more accustomed to thinking, ah, yeah, when I get to that last line, mm-hmm. we're going to do it unison. Mm-hmm. So take a, take a song like, um, Oh Lord, My Rock, My Redeemer. Um, uh, 
It doesn't have a chorus, but it has um, yeah, da, 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 B section. Yeah, yeah it's a B section. May all my days bring glory to your name. Is that mm-hmm. what it is? Yeah. So that last line, just bring it down to unison. Oh, it's so sweet. Yeah. And it it, it helps bring those words kind of into you know into prominence just yep. by going to unison. Yeah. So so then if you do another you know, har- uh, another chorus after that second chorus. Yeah, do harmony then too. Mm-hmm. But just think about the first, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus being, for, I'm sorry, verse, chorus, verse being melody. That will really serve your congregation. Mm-hmm. And you, we do the same thing with bridge. If you're doing a bridge melody, mm-hmm. we'll sing a bridge melody. And if you repeat, if you repeat it, it. it three times or two times, yes. you can build off of that. Yes. It's really effective. Vocals can be should be used to draw attention to the lyrics, and the way we do that is by varying them. So we, we might have you know, might have a girl on the team um, sing the first verse of a song. Now we I won't ask them, and she'll sing melody through the whole song. But I'm not saying okay, you lead the song. We're all we're all behind you. I'm just saying no. You, you sing the first verse because we want to hear that different sound. It's just going to be different. Yeah. I might sing the first verse to a song, but I'm mostly saying to our vocalists, look, if I'm singing, you should be singing. Yeah. Because we're a congregation. Yeah. We're not, you know, trying to show something to people or you know, there are just different ways we can use the vocals, arrange the vocals so that a, a, you know, a certain moment, a lyric becomes more impacting, mm-hmm. and that's that's what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But that is for the purpose of everybody joining in, right. joining their voices in together. Right. So it's there's a variety that we can think about that I think we can, you know, not give attention to, not pay attention to because well, everybody's up here. We're just going to sing. No, you can have people not sing for a while for for a first verse mm-hmm. or for maybe at the start of a bridge. But generally, I'm asking our people who are on mic to to sing the melody together. Yep. It's a it's a it's a very obvious but easily missed point that you just said. We sing for the lyrics to embed deep yes, within us. Yes. Well, that's enable the word of Christ to dwell in you richly. Yes, we don't sing to be heard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even as a congregation, I think sometimes we can talk about that a lot too. Man, we're just singing so loud, mm. and mm. and we don't want to just sing to hear our voices. We're singing mm. for a purpose. Mm. And say, as your vocalist too, you're not singing to sound beautiful, right? Though you want to, you you're want singing to? <laughs> for the lyrics <laughs> to be impacting, yes, and impactful too. To us while we're singing. Well, that's that's one of the differences I will see sometimes in someone who's been trained like chorally or classically mm-hmm. and someone who, who hasn't. I uh, was just at a conference recently where I could tell the vocalist had been trained in a choir. Mm. Do you know why? Because she pronounced every consonant perfectly. And it was a little <laughs> odd to me. But in her mind, it made it easier for people to understand what she was singing. So I said, listen, we don't talk like that. We can <laughs> sing just normally. And uh, you know, traditional singers can focus on this you know, certain sound and, and Yeah, projection. Projection and and, yeah. and that can be helpful. But the the question is is that communicating what you think it's communicating? Mm. 
Or are you unintentionally drawing attention to yourself? Hmm. And I mean, they, people, I think most of the times would, would not be thinking that, would not be thinking that. Yeah. But it can happen where we make sure that the end of all our phrases continues to the very end of the note. Yes. You know, and everybody else is kind of dropping off, but you're still in there, still in there, because you've been taught to sing to the end of the note. If it's a half note, you want to hold it out. You know, it's like, you know, that's just not... It's not doing what you think it's doing. Right. And it's unintentionally drawing attention to you. So yeah. these can be hard conversations. Yeah. I mean, we're laughing here, but I can imagine someone listening going, I can't have that conversation <laughs> with my vocalist. Yeah. But you need to. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's not to put somebody down. For sure. It, it's not to make someone right, feel, sure. you know, less than. It's what serves our congregation. Yes. And so let's learn how to work together in this, you know. Mm-hmm. And it does help for have to have other people give give thoughts on you know how does this work? Does this to, to ask people how does my vocal contribute? You know, is mm-hmm. it contributing? When you get down to the actual parts, um, you know, there you you need some musical theory know how. Mm-hmm. I mean, some musical skill. Um, so I, I've, I mean, I I've, I'm a trained musician, so I know theory. I was in an acapella group, or at least we did acapella music for a long time, and. Um, I I love vocal parts, but most bands don't have someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they might have someone who maybe who who did choir or yeah. has some sense for you know uh, what vocal parts should be. Let them take it. Yeah. You know, let them let them kind of assign the vocal parts. A lot of times, I'll try. I'll encourage vocalists, you know, alto and tenor, to sing what's natural mm-hmm. to them, and then just see if we need to change anything. Mm-hmm. The problem comes when, like, the alto stepping on the tenor part, with the tenor stepping on the alto part, right? And then you're you're just kind of yeah, it's kind of going back and forth. It's not the end of the world if that happens. But if you're gonna if you're gonna do parts, if you're gonna be committed to them, I would say you know maybe have the vocalist come in early or have a separate rehearsal. Um, totally. Uh, you know where they can they can figure out. Okay, here's what we should do. Yes. B- but bottom line, don't make someone so conscious of you know, getting the right part that that's what they're thinking about mm-hmm. when they're singing with the congregation. Right. Because when we're singing with the congregation, what we want to be thinking about is the truths that we're singing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot, but I, I think that's well, and that's the way to approach it. I what I think is really helpful for for me on Sundays when we're going through things is you're at a piano, so you're playing out the parts. Yes, yes. So if your pianist can, in a separate rehearsal, mm. work through those, that's that makes better. it so helpful as a vocalist yeah. as a reference point. Yeah. Instead of just you trying to sing the part. And then no one's singing melody, and it's hard to find that. I love that. So that's one practical thing that's been helpful that you do uh, for us on Sundays. Um, And and then I just wanted to add one more thing, Bob. I just think, like, if any church should have the most incredible vocal arranging, it's the guy who was in Glad's church. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you haven't... People are saying, Glad, what's Glad? Look him up on YouTube. If you haven't listened to Glad, I mean, that that is so much... I mean, and and acapella arranging. That's pretty funny. But so I think that's what I... I I so appreciate that, you know, I serve with you on Sundays, you know, 
almost every week. And it's never a push for, we have to do this. Uh, it used to be. I used to be like that. <laughs> I mean, I used to to want to have the vocal parts you know, just right, make sure everybody... And I'll still give attention to that. Yeah. I've just realized that's not what affects people. Hmm. You know, a lot of times it's more for me. I just, I just want the parts to be right. But then I'll say to the vocalist, look, if you don't get it, it's fine. Yes. It's fine. It's not... It doesn't become a pressure cooker no, on Sunday morning. No, it should never be that yeah. where, yeah, yeah. again, where what those who look to him are radiant. Those who look to him are radiant, not to those who look to their vocal part are radiant. Mm-hmm. You know, they might become proud because they got it. They might become discouraged because they didn't get it. Right. Those who look to him are radiant. So we can, you know, as Lucy in uh, the Peanuts comic strip, would say uh, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be wrong, be wrong at the top of your voice. <laughs> so I will encourage our vocalists when they're working out parts to to work them out on mic. Mm. You know they'll be off mic and they'll be just singing really quiet. Yeah, you can barely yeah. hear them. I, said, I can't hear what you're doing. Yeah, sing on the mic. Let's let's be let's be wrong and loud. Yes, and then we'll figure out you know what what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it. It's funny that you brought that reference up. Um, <laughs> it's just what's important. It's what matters. I love yeah. singing with great vocalists. I love singing with vocalists who know what their parts are. Yeah. And most of all, and we haven't mentioned this, listening is crucial. Yeah. So if you want to be a good vocalist and you, you want to contribute to your team, set, set your monitor mix or listen to others so that you're more aware of what they're doing than what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It'll make you... Sing better, mm-hmm. sing more in tune, sing more in unison, sing more, you know, your ensemble will be better. A lot of times vocalists just crank themselves up. I can't hear myself, I can't hear myself. Yes. And that's all they hear. So they have no idea how they're sounding with the other vocalists. Right. No, it's really great when, when vocalists sing like together, mm-hmm. you know, same inflections or, you know, same cutoffs and those kinds of things. But you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Unless you're hearing the other vocalists yes. in in your mix or you know, however you hear the vocalists, so that yeah. that's really important too. Yeah. So really. bottom line, when he, he asks, um, you know, have, ask them about everybody singing melody. It is not wrong for a band to sing melody the entire time. Mm-hmm. That there's nothing unbiblical about that. It can be enthusiastic. It can be, you know, God glorifying, Christ exalting, edifying. Can harmony contribute to those things? Yes. Mm-hmm. I would just use it in the ways we've described sparingly at the right moments, make sure people know what they're doing. And, uh, you know, it could be, uh, it could really strengthen the church, help the church. Um, but you don't want to make that the, the end all, you know, singing harmony. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Bob. Uh, thank well, thank you. you. And thank you for submitting this question. Yeah. Uh, so, and everyone else for tuning in. Uh, thank you so We're much. We're glad that you could join us. And uh, whatever you do uh, on Sunday morning, sing with all your heart. Whether you have the melody or the harmony, sing with all your heart because Jesus is worthy. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for local churches from local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at SovereignGraceMusic.org.